welcome to Existential Dread with Madeline Drain and Martin Loesch. Existential Dread is a podcast for creatives who are probably trying too hard, possibly tying themselves in knots but love their creative field, perhaps trying to earn some money from their creativity, trying to break into an industry or just enjoying their passion and seeing how far they can take it. Existential Dread is letting you in on the secret that basically nobody knows what they're doing. So we're here to dispel the myth and give an honest account of the stuff that's going right and the stuff that's going up in smoke. Welcome to episode number four. Martin, how has your week been? My week's been pretty good. Um, Yeah, slightly creative. Yeah, medium. Medium creative. No, I I did, uh, well, my highlight of the week was I went to a writing gym. It's basically a stand-up workshop at Angel Comedy Club. Um, (laughs) Little shout out. Definitely one of the better comedy clubs in London. So if you've not been, go and check it out. Um, But they run these weekly classes. So every Sunday, I say class, it's more just a bunch of stand-up comedians in a room together bouncing ideas off each other, kind of sharing tips. Um, it's about the working process. So it's not really about, you know, gigs or kind of industry advice. It's very much just... It's for your content. Yeah, it's very much just honing in on what your jokes are. And it's also very useful because a lot of people are there to write comedy. So there's a couple of people who are into, you know, screenwriting including me <laughs> and so you know it's it's a really good way to meet people and you get a sense of like the community and like obviously great place to network yeah now i've got a bunch of i'm part of like three different group chats after one day first time going oh that's nice yeah very inclusive exactly it, it can be quite like isolating just like and it's very hard to know if something's funny sat alone yeah like sometimes you do but like after you've worked on something for a while you stop knowing whether it's funny when it's just you and it was a it was very reassuring because i'd not spoken to other comics like that before because the all i mean after a gig obviously you sit and chat but you don't really i mean i don't didn't really talk to them about the material their set or whatever it was just very much chit chat like friendly yeah um, i think after a gig would be like right after a set would be too soon. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't. That's not what you want to talk about. Yeah, even if it's gone well, it's kind of you kind of just need to let it settle for a bit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. No, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's not the time to kind of talk about material. Yeah, someone's just bombed, and you're like, so yeah, you your can... second joke was where it really went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no. So that was very very helpful, and. Yeah, met a bunch of people, and there was loads of people. Fun, funnily enough, there's a couple of quite interesting characters. One person, I hope she doesn't listen to this, because I'm outing her, but she had showed up, it wasn't her first time, but the first time she'd showed up to this writing gym, she'd gone with the express intent of studying people, because she was writing her PhD uh... on the psychology of humor, so she had showed up as like a sort of like a field experiment. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. And then she liked it so Sneaky. much that she stayed. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She was like, oh, well, I, I, now I'm here because I'm wondering if I can actually do this. 
Oh, that's nice. That's kind of nice, right? I like that, yeah. I don't think you're housing her. I think that's fine. No, yeah, it was quite surprising um, to think that people actually like... The psychology of comedy, interesting. Yeah. I would read that. I, I it's a PhD wouldn't. thesis. I, I probably would. wouldn't. <laughs> if I knew her, I might ask her a question. Yeah, it's a good conversation to have, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was it was very useful because obviously I don't, I'm not so far into it that I know when something's not funny or funny immediately. Yeah. And even when I perform it, I'm like I still can't tell if it's my delivery that's not working. Yeah. If it's and even if people because it's happened before where I've said something, and it's not landed at all. And then I've had other comics come to me after going, that that bit was really good. It's just not the right night, I guess. Yeah. And then okay. it's like, thanks, but like, that still doesn't make me want to say the joke again. Yeah. And so going to that workshop really helps you go, right, okay, it's not, I just, you know, it needs work or whatever, but like, it's fine. Yeah. And you can try things a few times and like yeah. a few different ways and what you can't do on stage, yeah. obviously. But I mean, a lot of people, because I didn't know if I was doing it right, of just going to open mic nights and bombing. I was like, well, that's how people do it, right? That's how you get better. Some people do actually do that. Uh, but I figured out that you don't, <laughs> you don't need to just bomb until you're like completely immune to it. Yeah. A lot of people just kind of workshop it and sit on jokes for ages or like do material that's been proven to work and then just drop one thing in there or some people just only do things that work and then when they show up to the writing gym try out jokes to other comics and then you get the reassurance of like yeah it's fine go on and perform it yeah yeah so it, it was massively helpful and like super nice people very inclusive yeah very sweet yeah great all ages yeah it does warm the heart yeah yeah how was your week then yeah i've had a good creative week i think i've had like a bit of a week of like small steps and like small wins um which is kind of like especially in creative fields i feel like and at the beginning of your kind of career you kind of have to really like appreciate the small (laughs) increments because like you know for example if you're an author publishing a book might be like really far in the future but there's a lot of like small incremental like steps and improvements that kind of need to happen for you to kind of get there and a lot of those are kind of to do with meeting the right people and like getting yourself in the right rooms and like getting people to like read your stuff so this week I actually managed to get something I'd written in front of a producer and she reacted quite positively to it which in a, in and of itself is just like a bit of a win for me because yeah that's just, a huge win yeah it's just like a step like in the right direction like and it's easy to get ahead of yourself and be like oh well this should mean that like then this should happen and this should happen and then something should be made and something will come yeah. of it and I'll like you know whatever but actually having someone that's like read something you've written and has a positive association with it is super helpful for like the future because it's someone that's much more likely to agree to read other things that you've written like compared to someone that has no idea who you are yeah so yeah that was a good yeah and i mean we're very ego-driven creatures creative people so i think it helps just knowing that you're doing something right yeah just having someone who's established and knows what they're doing go yeah that was good yeah it kind of just like affirms what you're doing Mm. because 
I mean, with a lot of like creative industries, it's like if you're starting out, you feel like you're kind of like on one side of a wall. And yeah. like you're just like plodding along like nobly with your little project. But then there feels like there's this huge wall between you and like the actual industry where people are like making stuff happen and like stuff is like going on and everyone knows each other. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to like get, on feel like side. you're getting to the other side. Um, so yeah. Little... You, you just have to keep hammering it away, away at yeah. it to be fair. Yeah. Just have like take advantage of any little opportunity. Mm. Um, yeah. That was another thing that like I, a huge positive from also going to the writing gym, the comedy thing was that a lot of people showed up and they were like, I'm just here so I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, but really, like, I don't think... The guy who was leading, it was super reassuring in that regard because he, I mean, great, great sort of mentor figure because he was like, it doesn't just let go of thinking you're not doing enough. First of all, you're here. Yeah. Um, and I think that applies to you as well. It's like you're sending it to people it's getting read and then you're working on that feedback and it's like it doesn't matter how little the chip on the wall is you're still chipping away at it yeah 100 um, yeah so our theme this week is working with your friends i think more than other <laughs> industries the creative industry kind of encourages you to work with your friends like you know in kind of more officey based jobs you might kind of make friends with the people you work with. But when you're trying to make something happen kind of like independently, your friends are often like the first ones you might go to. I would say even more so in the TV and film industry. I think maybe because there's so many like specialities and facets that come together to make something in TV and film, there's like so many more kind of like creative moving parts. And so people tend to work with their friends and people they know a lot. And working with your friends can be like a really amazingly positive experience because it's someone that hopefully has some understanding and respect for your ideas and, you know, how you might work. But um, getting on with someone in social in a social way isn't always like a straightforward line to working well together. Like there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, there's a, a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah. In the same way, a lot of things could go even more right just because you have affinities with each other. Yeah. Yeah, communication could be easier, but then also maybe a little too easy. Yeah, if you're if you start using the language that's maybe over familiar, suddenly that might start to like not really work. So me and Martin actually met at film school. Yeah. Great time. A great time. And in general, I think our school was an absolute kind of hotbed for these working friendships. Mm. I think that was a a very one of the pluses, one of the bonuses of going to that school was how much time you spent with people that went there. Yeah, exactly. Like just yeah. for sheer, the amount of networking and relationships that you build. Yeah. I think the school itself was like massively responsible for kind of how many like working relationships for better and for worse. Yeah. Uh, because the two things they kind of kept telling us over and over again is one, this industry is so hard. Like it's so hard to get in. It's so hard to be appreciated. Being a writer is so hard. You're never gonna. You're never gonna get paid. Yeah. No one's gonna appreciate. Do you remember when they were like, "Don't expect to get paid for the next five years." Five years. Don't expect to write anything for the next five years. <laughs> it's basically your ne the next five years of your life are gonna suck. Yeah, literally so yeah. doom and gloom. And then the second thing they kept telling us was, 
these people are the people you are going to be working with. These are the people that you're going to be making stuff with. They're going to be your allies. And it just kind of created this like mass panic of like who could like bond the fastest and like get the most projects like started the yeah. fastest and like who could like work together on as many things as possible. Most of the projects, you know, absolute shit shows. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot true. of them. Although a lot of them do get made. Yeah. It's just yeah, if someone if there's a will, there's a way almost. Yeah. Regardless of how kinda fraught the project is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of falling out, people bitching about each other, people asking to have their names taken off the credits of stuff, like the amount of drama that kinda came from these like rushed working yeah relationships just to get something made yeah i mean they weren't all bad by any means like some oh no people, there were some really good ones yeah. yeah some people made really good stuff and i think that was what kept people being willing to do it and being mm. part of it even if it was like a bit of a rocky yeah process and you know i was not immune i got so i definitely got sucked into that panic i still get sucked into it yeah. i get i get Texts of people that are, do you want to do this? I immediately say yes, just because I have that stress of like, oh no, no, like th these what are the people. What if I say no and then they work with somebody else and then they become yeah? This amazing... What if this is the one that's gonna win festivals and yeah. yeah? So I just I'm compelled to say yes for everything. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily good advice. Yeah, I mean it can't. Yeah, it's just hard to judge because it can be, it could be the thing that really like takes you somewhere, but it, yeah. the chances are. It won't be, but <laughs> you just never know. You never know. Yeah. We even had like a kind of like specific module where the whole point of it was like collaboration between writers, producers, directors, cinematographers, editors, like the whole, the whole thing. And we kind of had to work together on to do branded content for these businesses. And some of the arguments that went down during that module, it was the whole thing became a bit of a cautionary tale because it was slightly later in the year. And so real friendships had actually been made by that point. Not all of them survived yeah. <laughs> this module where everyone was just kind of thrown together and told to work together and told to get along. And people often had very different creative ideas. Yeah. And then it's, it's kind of, if, if within the project there's a hierarchy, but then outside of the project there's not that hierarchy and you're very much on equal footing like say if we entered a project then all of a sudden you have the kind of final word on stuff yeah. and we have a creative difference it very much becomes an awkward situation where yeah. you're putting your foot down the temptation for me would immediately be and i think that's quite normal but that's what you want to avoid like one of the things you want to avoid the temptation for me would be to take it out on you as a friend yeah rather than respecting your position as the project leader yeah totally. and i think that's happened massively yeah and i think often people have a different idea about what the hierarchy should be yeah like uh, and like you know who whose say is to decide on like what thing and i, th I think it kind of surprised me because obviously we were working as writers for most of the year and so like all of our kind of mentors and tutors obviously were writers or had a lot of respect the writing process and knew how hard it was but the other disciplines don't have that that voice. yeah they well they have the same thing that we do is that is except it's for you know directing a cinematography it's they they're all 
you're in your bubble and you think editing's the hardest thing to do the same way we think screenwriting's the hardest thing to do. You know, you're yeah. being taught by people who are doing the same thing as you. Yeah. And you're surrounded by people and you're getting along with people who are doing the same thing as you. And we very we had very little sort of communication with each other. And then once you're thrown into a project, everyone thinks that what they're doing, what they are doing specifically is the most important bit of the film. Yeah. And I think a lot of people seem to kind of like very easily dismiss the writing bit of it. Yeah. But then especially also, and yeah. think like that it just wasn't hard. And then those were the ones that often died the, yeah. the most. <laughs> I mean, not to go like, oh, my God, we have the worst. But, you know, like it, it is genuinely difficult. What bothered me is not so much that people thought that it wasn't hard. It was a lot of people that thought. I can just do it. I don't need you. That, like, that's what I mean. They would be like, oh, I can do that. We don't need a... Like, we, we don't, don't need, need you to do anything. I'll do it for you. Yeah. We'll just, it'll just, just come together. Or like, I'll just... The, as the director, yeah. I'll just do it because I know what I, what, want, what yeah. I want this to be. And it's like, you're, you're missing a big skill set there because we as the writers would never be like, oh yeah, I don't need a cameraman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, like, don't, I don't need a cinematographer. I can all come <laughs> together. I'll just shoot it myself and see, you know, yeah. It's true that I think it does get dismissed because you kind of look at it like, oh, it's putting, it's putting words on a page. Like anyone yeah, can do that. Because if you can articulate what you want out of something, you might think, oh, well, that's what writing it is. Yeah. But it's not. Well, yeah, what a shit show that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, what a shit show. I mean, we learned about a lot about what not to do. And but I think that's which is valuable. Yeah. And I feel like some. And actually, it saved maybe some people that might have gone down the road of trying to work on a big project together and be like, oh, you know what? Actually, didn't work out. we're great friends. We don't need to work together. And that's fine. There's no, and it there's was, no harm in that. Yeah. It was a good um, sort of acid test for who you'd want to collaborate with and who you wouldn't. Because there's people that I worked with where I was like, you were great. I want to be, I want to work with you again. Like, if I have the opportunity, I'd love it. Yeah. With, whereas other people, I just wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. We'll be naming names after the break. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned <laughs> for more tea. <laughs> but it was, it was very, it was lots of teachable moments, you know. It was a lot of learning opportunities. Yeah. And I think that's also the point. At that point, we're all students. So, like, it's not, there's not much on the line either. No, it's much lower stakes than when, yeah. you know, you're on a deadline and there's money involved. Yeah. Okay, so when you're going to, like, start a project, thinking about working with any friend, you obviously need to have a bit of a, you know, assessment in your own mind. Like, will this friendship survive this project potentially not working out? Or potentially even just there being, like, some creative differences and arguing because... People have quite different ways of dealing with conflict and dealing with disagreement. And I think that can often be where people kind of like trip up because I don't know. I don't know about you. Like I, with my real life friends, I don't tend to argue with them. Like there doesn't no. tend to be like heated disagreement. Like, you know, we don't shout at each other and then the next day it's forgotten. Yeah. I mean, I do, but. <laughs> but I'm quite confrontational. But I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't. I would. You just argue silly things. Yeah, like you wouldn't argue about who they are, what they do. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then if it gets to a creative project and it becomes an argument, Mm. then sometimes that can, like, be quite, like, emotional. Like, if that's not how you two are used to dealing with each other, that can be a bit strange. I remember I actually once did work experience totally randomly just at, like, some architect's office. And there was, like, a big partner's meeting Mm. and I was literally like I was like on like at the reception desk and they were in a meeting room behind me these three like professional architects all in their like 40s 50s and they were screaming at each other like and they made a joke as they went in they were like oh there might be a bit of bit of shouting Oh, and, and they there went was in, a lot of they shouting. just shouting and shouting. And it was about a three-hour meeting. Oh. And I would say over 50% of the talking were shouting. God, and that just was... sounds exhausting, though. That's not the work environment that you want. It was so shocking. I was like, what? And then they kind of came out all, like, laughing. Yeah. So they're ob- that's just obviously their so rhythm. Just, yeah. That's... It was totally surreal to me. I was like, I could not. I'd be absolutely, yeah. I'd be emotionally and physically exhausted by that. I couldn't. It's not how I would be able to deal with it. Yeah. I don't think I would. Do you know what? Yeah. I... If you keep the shouting to the relevant sort of work subject, I might be able to deal with it. But honestly, like, yeah. I just don't often see the need for shouting. No. Like, I think if, for me, if there's shouting involved, it usually means progress is not being made. Yeah, don't shout at each other. Just talk. Yeah. Like, if you have to shout, it means that no one's listening. Yeah. That's true. You're just talking over each other. But in certain relationships, that's fine because you just they just release all the anger. Yeah. And then both parties are willing to just move on or apologize or not apologize or however they do it. But if you don't, but if you get two people that do things very differently, so if I started a project with someone who's a big shouter, and they didn't like something I was saying, shouted at me. Yeah. I wouldn't turn up the next day as if that hadn't happened. Like that would, I would be affected by it. Would you tell them immediately? How would you deal with it? I don't know. I've not been in that specific situation. Right. I think if, but if they knew me, hopefully they would know not to. But if I just right now went. Your fucking microphone's unplugged. Yeah. How dare you? Headbutt you. Be- <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't. You wouldn't shut back. You just resort to physical <laughs> violence. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would be upset if you shouted yeah. at me over something that I thought I did not deserve to be shouted at. I would be. Mm-hmm. I'd be upset. Yeah. I yeah. Just why why shout? Yeah. I, I just think it's, want. it's a bit it's demeaning unnecessarily. Yeah. Also, there's other people, like, <laughs> you were next door listening yeah. to it. We have neighbours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, but I guess... Well, do you, do you kind of work through it until you both find your rhythm? Or do you sit down and have a conversation about it and go, okay, these, this is my boundary, this is what I don't accept? Or do you wait until the boundary's pushed? I mean, I feel like the sensible thing to do would be to talk about your working styles and your conflict resolution. I bet that never happens. Yeah. Like, I can't can't imagine that happening. I think it would be slightly like, as you go, you know, you maybe pick up on warning signs if there's going to be a bit of... Uh, But I think often people's creative process is their creative process. Like, you can obviously adapt to some degree, but I think you need to work with people that have 
like if if you've got the power to choose who you're working with and who you collaborate with like choose people that it's going to be a bit more harmonious and the problems are going to be smaller mm. rather than like we both need to handle everything in a way that doesn't feel natural to us for this to work yeah do you get what i mean yeah so you kind of play on each other's strength but i think that's I think it's especially difficult if it's like a newer friendship and you maybe yeah. don't know each other because it's going to be more precarious. There's more likelihood that like, you know, if you don't have as much history, you might just be more inclined to say, oh, fuck you. Even Yeah, if you've even been if... friends for a long time, I think you're probably willing to let a lot of things pass. But I think you're also more prepared Yeah. for what the person's going to bring. And you're also more open to having a conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, if, if we were to write something, I think I, I, I now understand how you work because we've been doing this together. Yeah. But for example, we had, so I had just previously talked about the last episode, I think I worked with someone from, from Met, from uni, and I had no idea what the kind of working process was. So, and we, I wasn't really comfortable having the conversation. Maybe we should have. But to be fair, it wasn't that big of a project, so I don't think it warranted really a sit down and be like, okay, if we're, if we're going to do this together, let's do it this way, or this is what I I yeah. can bring, and this is what, you know. Yeah. So I just kind of was like, I have to be on my best behavior. Yeah. And I'm just going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best person to work with and super professional, just yeah. so it's very much like I there's no reproach on me, and I never have to have that conversation of like, yeah, there's... Yeah, just avoid the conflict as much as possible. But with you, like, for better or for worse, <laughs> and with some other of our friends, like, for better or for worse, I'm way more comfortable fucking up and, like, being lazy and kind of trusting myself to do the things that I do my way. Yeah. I was about to be like, I think that's a good thing until you were like, I'm more comfortable being lazy. <laughs> that's obviously not yeah. what I want. But, like, I think... I think, it, yeah, especially if you're working with someone long-term, you need to be able to work how it's good for you mm. as well as how it's good for the project. Yeah. How is good. How, how, is, how is good project for you? For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, working with a friend is a huge advantage in that regard. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's a form of shitting where you eat. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you're cross contaminating. You are, yeah. You're crossing You're some, making a mess line. where there's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Great analogy. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to talk more about shitting where you eat? Yeah, avoid it at all costs. <laughs> Unless you really want to. Unless and then it's fine. Where you're into, then, <laughs> then that's fine. It could be a very good way to, you know, break up with someone. <laughs> if you want to break the friendship up yeah you're like fuck i can't you know what let's let's pretend to work together and i think there's easier ways yeah just to pick them. a fight let's <laughs> just pick a fight about something else so i've actually gone one worse than that though than uh, working with a friend yeah and I've, what could be worse than that <laughs> and i've actually tried to work with someone that i've been dating before <gasps> Never really got off the ground. The, <laughs> no. rela the relationship or the project. Both very what stuck in the mud. A waste of time on both counts. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you realised that because you were working together? I That's kind of curious though. Did you, when you were like worked with, that's so difficult because it was early stages. It was early stages. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah. I think a lot of the kind of early relationship was in terms of like, oh, we've got all this stuff in common. So we were talking about work 
a lot. Yeah. But, you know, there was no foundation of, like, trust or, like, you know, respect. (laughs) Yeah. Did you... When you were, like, in work mode... Yeah. And you were working on stuff together, did you, like, notice things about him or her? Him? (laughs) I'll start again. (laughs) Just say them. Yeah. (laughs) When you were working with them, did you notice, like red flags sort of that were going to be like dating red flags yeah i think if someone is going to be a snake in your personal life they're probably (laughs) going to be a snake in your professional life as well honestly rookie move i kind of knew it was a mistake as it was happening yeah not gonna lie but yeah you're right you need to you need to trust you need to know that things are gonna go a certain way yeah and if it's that early but then it's different if you're starting to date someone who you've been working with yeah again yeah that is different and I think, and there's so many like professional working couples that like really make it work, mm. which is kind of a bit amazing to me because of how much I kind of imagine time they must spend together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the elephant in the room here is that we obviously have entered into a working friendship. We were friends for maybe a year and a half when we started this project together. I would say we did had already dipped our toe in in terms of our writing and like giving each other a lot of feedback and like working, not necessarily on a project together, but like, you know, seeing how we both take feedback and seeing how we both approach things. Yeah. So we weren't coming in totally blind. Yeah. But it's obviously still a bit of a leap. But I think I think the main reason it works is because you're not afraid to be really annoying. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to tell you when you're being really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, true. I think it's good because I don't think we take any of this personally. Like, I feel like we... <laughs> Maybe you just did there. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what might have happened that I could take personally, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we've had... Oh, have we had conflict? For the podcast, specifically? I don't really think so, no. No. But maybe that's the only, that's why it's been going so well. Yeah, it's been weirdly smooth sailing. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't have any particular gripes that I couldn't get over. I feel like this is crap. I don't know. (laughs) Let's talk about each other. I just felt like it needed acknowledging. Yeah. I think we had already, like, kind of dipped our toe in a little bit in terms of, like, we'd done a lot of feedback with each other as writers. We'd kind of, like, worked through separate projects but like kind of using each other's advice we kind of knew vaguely like how each other worked a bit before we before we started doing the podcast together which I think definitely helped and I think one of the most important things though is like separating out your friendship relationship and your working relationship because you don't kind of want to like lose your friend because you're working together you kind of have to make sure you're making time for that existing friendship as well. And that's definitely a conversation we had at some point when we started doing this. Also because we are in a friendship group with a lot of writers and sometimes even if you're not like actively working on something, the temptation to only talk about work or talk about what we're writing or us to talk about the podcast or talk about, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. And you kind of forget that like sometimes your time with your friends is your time to switch off 
yeah, all of that. It's super important to make sure you're still hanging out as you would hang out. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we watch films now with our other writer friends, we have to vocally tell people to stop dissecting the film yeah. and just enjoy it. <laughs> We're watching true. this film for fun, not for homework. Yeah. Let's not point out every device on screen. Although that's fun in its own way. There's there's a reason we got into film. There's a time and a place though. Yeah. Sometimes it's too much. Yeah. I think it I think it eventually would lead to like well, for me I think I would feel burned out if like I couldn't if time with friends wasn't a time to switch off. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of um different ways to do it. I think one very useful trick is is that location matters. Basically just you know, you have a dedicated dedicated space for your working and dedicated space for your, like, sort of friendship thing. So you just get, like, this kind of geographical marker of, like, okay, now we're, now this is working mode. And if we're, you know, over there on the couch watching TV, that's, like, friendship mode. We're not, like, working. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's also just the case with, if you're writing by yourself or if you're creating by yourself, you would use that too. But it's even more important with friends because not being able to separate it, even geographically, separate your friendship time and your working time might hurt either side of the relationship. Yeah. Um, There's two things at risk. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I would argue that the friendship is probably more important than your project. I mean, I don't know how important your projects are, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be, it, I think it'd be such a shame for us to always feel like we need to work when yeah. we're together and kind of relinquish the friend part of it. Yeah. And I, I've seen that kind of like happen, like with people that have like maybe been in a creative industry for like a while and have actually made a huge success out of their working friendships, like, you know, like collaborated lots and like, you know, done some really cool stuff from working with their friends actually they will say like yeah like I at somewhere down the road we've just stopped like if we're gonna hang out it's because we need to do something and we need to and it kind of like it's almost that like like really like hustle culture of like you always have to be doing something you always have to be grinding you always have to be like working away at something and that kind of like eroded the friendship part of like those relationships yeah I, yeah I think that points also to a wider issue though like that you always need to be productive, always need to be doing stuff. Yeah, I hate that dialogue anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, just, it's overwhelming to think I about. don't... Well, here's an interesting quandary for you. Would you work with someone who's like that? Because I don't think I could. If they weren't my friend... Yeah. Yeah. So you... Yeah, okay. I would, but again, it, it would be about setting up boundaries, I guess. Yeah, going, I'm not... I'm not I don't have the Sigma grind set. Yeah. <laughs> You might, I don't, don't bother yeah. me with it. Yeah, I'm not going to be taking work calls from like midnight until 2am, yeah. even if that were... Oh, people do that? Yeah. Fucking I know. Awful. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Imagine you get a call from someone you haven't been like, you're like, oh my God, my friend's calling me. And it's like, hey, can you... I've got two hours to talk through this strategy. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> no, I'm trying to go to sleep. I thought you had something like important to tell yeah, me. Yeah, I thought you were in danger. Yeah. <laughs> Well, another way to work effectively with friends and to make the working relationship a bit better is to understand um, working personas. And because some people 
behave very differently when they're in a work environment than when they are in a social environment. And it understanding that difference and understanding sort of when the persona kicks in and what the differences are will help you make the the differentiate between what's personal and what's professional. Yeah, so your expectations for this person are going to be different depending on whether you're in a work environment or whether you're socialising. Yeah, it's almost a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Yeah. You can't blame Jekyll for Hyde's <laughs> stuff. I don't know which one's which. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically, I mean, obviously you, you, do, you can't blame them for stuff, but some people will very much be... A completely different person with completely different ways of dealing with situation or conflict when they're in a professional relationship. And so if you're working with someone like that who's a friend and you've never seen them in a working setting, it might be a bit of a jolt. It might be a bit of a shock seeing how they operate when they're working. But that shouldn't be a boundary. That shouldn't be a sort of a challenge that you can't overcome. It's just a question of understanding that they're kind of a different person when they're working as opposed to yeah, when they're socialising. that makes sense. You might have to, like, get to know them again in a, like, work capacity rather than starting at the level you thought you were at in terms of friendships because you need to learn a whole different set of rules about this person. Yeah. Yeah, that's Which might be fun also, you know? Might be like they're having, starting a whole new friendship, but work-related. Yeah. I kind of would, some, I have those friends sometimes where I would love to see them like just be a fly on the wall at their job because yeah. I can't picture them. You know, those friends that are like super goofy and super like, you know, maybe really chaotic and you're just like, I know you have a really important job. I would love to just be a fly on the wall and watch yeah. how that happens. How are you? How do, what changes and yeah. what's the same and like, how does that work? I have the opposite. I have a friend who I can... Totally picture him in his job because it's fully who he is as a person. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes I want to tell him, like, to relax. Like, he's <laughs> one of those people on, like, grind set mode, always kind of thinking about work, always thinking about business. Yeah. And it's like, can, can I get the friend persona back? Can I get rid of yeah. the work persona? He brings oh. it out, like, we'll go to the pub and he'll still be in working mode. Yeah, don't and let so, real life you die. Yeah. And it's tough because then also he goes out for like work drinks like twice a week. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking maybe that's the real him, you know, like maybe that's who he is as a person. And in that environment of like his colleagues and stuff, that's who he feels like he's comfortable being. Yeah. But that's not the person I know. So I'm kind of like, oh. Where did you go? Yeah. yeah. Who are you? Yeah, Who have you become? One. Yeah. I think for me personally, the most important thing to keep in mind when you're at our stage creatively and professionally, which is to say nowhere, no, <laughs> which is to say quite early and in all the working relationships with friends that like I tend to only have working relationships with people I'm friendly with already. So for me right now, what's most important is that it stays fun and it's meant to be fun because there's very little writing on most of the things that I do which isn't to say they're not important it's to say that like it shouldn't detract from the fact that I'm still doing this because I'm enjoying doing it and I'm doing it with a friend because I enjoy working with that friend I imagine it gets harder once you start having a lot more responsibilities 
And once yeah. you have a lot more writing on a project and you're working with someone and you have to get stuff done or you yeah. have to meet deadlines and it's somehow not working. Yeah. But I think it's very important to keep in mind that insofar as you're creative and you're freelance, you don't really have a manager. You might have deadlines, but you don't have sort of a team leader. The hierarchies are a bit more blurred and projects tend to be quite free flowing, meaning that you should be able to operate the way that you want to operate in a working relationship because you have that freedom. And also if things, you know, if things go bad, you should feel able to kind of let go of the relationship without so much repercussions, right? What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm saying there's no, like, if, if things don't work out, there's no shame in kind of going, hey, our, this working relationship isn't working out. Yeah. It's not productive and it's toxic in a way. And it feels like we're hurting our friendship by working together. And there's no harm in doing that. Yeah, I think you need to know sometimes when to pull the plug. Yeah. And if you have, you know, deadlines or... or people that you have to answer to, at least in our field, I think it's, it very much comes from one person. So if you're in a working relationship that doesn't work, you can very much let that go and kind of shoulder all the work yourself, which is going to be difficult, but it's not impossible. And it doesn't end the project necessarily. And you are maybe able to save a friendship if you do that. Yeah. I think you kind of have to have a prenup in a way. A working prenup. A working prenup for your workship. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I hate that word. Yeah, workship. Yeah, and I, you know, you kind of need to sit down and set out what your roles are, what everyone kind of is going to be taken care of. If there is a hierarchy or if there's someone who has kind of the last say on stuff, that that's very well defined. Um, and what the expectations are which you can totally frame around like what your strengths are, which is basically one of the bonuses of working with friends is that you, you're able to have that conversation. Not only that, but you're able to immediately know what a person is good at and have the affinity to, to pinpoint roles and pinpoint expectations and know how much a person can take and know how much a person can do because you already know each other. Um, then I would say define your workspace clearly so define the location that you're dedicating to working and also conversely define the location that you're dedicating to socializing. I mean, that's probably less important, but for us, I feel like it's more, for example, in this room, it's like we have the chill spot down there and we have the desk where we record stuff. Yeah. Define your working schedule sort of rigidly. So just so you know that you're what, at what time your working starts and at what time it ends. I like to kind of define a start and let the let us work until we can't work anymore, essentially. Like, just let it run its course. And I found myself clinging on to basically what I call, like, markers, where I'll have to have a ritual with someone where it's like, okay, now work is done, we can relax. It tends to be like having a beer at the end of a session, of a writing session, or just even, I mean, leaving for a coffee, going for a walk, whatever it is that you got to do. 
sometimes we watch TV after recording session just to kind of unwind. Yeah. And that's very much like a marker that personally is very helpful to be like, okay, work is done. We've done what we had to do for the day. And even if we haven't, we're letting that go and we're moving on to the socializing bit. It's it's also a very useful reward mechanism, which I find very compelling for me personally. Like I need to feel like there's kind of a carrot at the end of the workday that I can work towards, even if it's really simple, just a little ritual at the end, a little thing that lets you know you're done today. What if, right, we've been working together for years and culmination of, of your creative career, you're nominated for an award and I'm oh also gosh. there because I've also done really well. What am I wearing? What's the dress? A nice, <laughs> a very lovely dress. Uh, I don't know fashion. What designer am I wearing? <laughs> I need to picture it. <laughs> You're wearing... Don't worry, I don't expect you to know designers. F- Fendi? Is that a thing? Sure. <laughs> Wouldn't be my first choice, but sure. Versace. Yeah. Versace. Okay, sorry. It's actually pronounced Versace. No. Um, so you had this award ceremony. <laughs> yeah. You get called up, you get the award, you go on stage, you grab the microphone, you grab your little trophy, and then I interrupt you, I go on stage and go, you've done really, really well, and I really appreciate what you did, but this other person deserves the award more than you. Oh, I'm Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, and I'm Kanye, obviously. Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I'd love to be Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, that's the end of that working relationship. Yeah, there's no turning back from that. Right? There is no going back from that. No, it's yeah. the, it's the humiliation factor. It's the the public. You absolutely humiliated her. Not uh, a chance in hell. What if I said that to you privately though? I congratulated you, and then I was like, "Real talk. Look, we're friends. We work together. We understand each other creatively. I don't think you deserved it." That is the kind of tactless shit you would probably say. <laughs> That is the you could say it if you were a tactful person and could say like, oh, I was so pleased you deserved so much. I just like wish there could be two of them so this other person could have one. Yeah. <sighs> or like, you know. I That would bother me more than like, look, I think the other. No, actually both would be horrible. Because going, going, oh, I wish there could be both so the other person could have one too is also for me transparently going, the other person deserves it. But I like, no, it's mine. I don't think that necessarily is because, you know, like sometimes with like Oscars and stuff, it's like there's two films that it go down in history as, as being like amazing films, but because they were, you know, in, in the same category in the same year, yeah. like only one of them could win. And it's like, it's, it's one of those, like, you know, in any other year, like one of you would have been the clear winner. Yeah. But this year, both of you... Both me and Beyonce put out amazing albums. We <laughs> <laughs> both deserve it. So we both deserved it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that is different. But so there's I a s- way to approach it, just not storming the stage and telling yeah. everyone Beyonce. I do think song. if you've got that massive of a career moment and someone that you trust and work with ruins it for you, I just think... It's the end of everything, right? Yeah, I think that would be hard to get past because it's like, just 
think that in your own time. Don't bring that energy at me. Don't ruin yeah. this for me. And if you really have to tell me, do it in a nice way in private. Why would you ever really have to tell someone I don't that? Know. There's no I'm reason. not in Kanye's head. I don't There's understand. There's no reason he couldn't have kept that to himself. Anyway. He's fucking Kanye. It's hard to understand. <laughs> what, who is he? That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got one for you. Okay. So, I'm James Corden. Okay. Um, you're... Get out of my house. I can't even remember what his name is, which illustrates this <laughs> scenario perfectly. Um, Matthew Horn, I think, is his name. From the guy from the other guy from Gavin and Stacey. Okay. So they were gonna like work together again. Like they did this whole sketch show thing together again. Like after Gavin and Stacey was a success, it absolutely bombed. Then James Corden kind of left him in the dirt, and was like all successful. Right. So if we were working together on something that failed, and then I kind of like almost like dropped all my projects with you because they weren't going that well and like started working with like other people and, and became massive and became hugely successful. successful and like a bit full of myself i mean that last part i would fault you for the rest it's kind of tough to i wouldn't be able to go you did something wrong because you kind of had the opportunity you went for it yeah I don't think I'd be upset with you as a friend. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to do though cuz I think I I would want to work with you now just because we have a existing relationship. Yeah. And you're now massively successful, yeah. which is a bit selfish anyways from my part. Like I wouldn't do it because I think we work well together. I'd do it because it would help my career. Yeah. But then I would be upset with you as a friend that you gave up on it so easily but then again like i don't know maybe privately you james gordon would did come up to me and were like look i don't think we work well together this isn't going anywhere yeah i'm gonna drop this because it's not helping either of us which it hadn't yeah so fair enough no i don't think i would have a like to stand on no i would be upset just because i'd be jealous i think, I think i'd be a bit a little bitch yeah how dare you be successful without me (laughs) but also there is kind of the onus on you like like if you were massively successful and you didn't kind of try to help me out it's a bit like you kind of have that responsive not responsibility but you kind of the onus is on you a little bit to help out your friends right yeah like the tide lifts all boats right do you know what i'm saying ships Ships, whatever, boats, doesn't matter. I'm it's not a ships. sailor. But yeah, so like if one of if one of us in our friend group becomes successful, there's a bit of the expectation of like, hey, like, what about me? You know, are you gonna help me? And I don't know if that's fair. Yeah. But it's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. That's hard. I hate James Corden though, so like <laughs> As do we all yeah, like he, the fact that he's kind of a prick just Smug makes you want to go, okay, well, head. fuck him then. Yeah, and I'm sure he didn't handle it well. Yeah. And that's been Existential Dread and our episode about working with your friends. Yeah, it's always a pleasure and sometimes it's not. Yeah, it's been lovely working with you today. It's been lovely working with you. Yeah, last week you were a complete bitch, but this week you were great. That's fine, we've we've gone above and beyond (laughs) today. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.